Hey, thanks for stopping by. This is Free On Board, a podcast by Tridge. You're in the right place if you're looking to stay up to date with the latest food and agricultural news. Now, on to the updates. Welcome to Free On Board, a podcast by Tridge. I am Bia Shim, a global market analyst at Tridge. And today, we'll be discussing low pecan production in the United States. Theo Venter, a global market analyst and nuts and seeds specialist located in Ecuador, is joining with us today. Well, Theo, we're now halfway through the pecan marketing year. What do the supply and demand look like? Well, so this year, um, first of all, the crop or the first crop estimate that came out was already 15% lower than last year. So last year was a record crop, the 2020-2021 season of more than 300 million pounds. Um, And then this year, the crop estimate that came out in October was about 260 million pounds. So that's that's about 15% lower than last year. Now, given that the crop is lower this year and, you know, domestic demand of most nuts is increasing um, and also exports, you know, there's there's been a lot of demand for nuts also coming from overseas. So exports might increase a little bit. Um, that means with the lower crop that, you know, at the end of the season, we might be looking at some tight ending stocks. Um, but the main thing that everyone's looking at at the moment is the production side. So, like you said, we're halfway through the the marketing year and um, the crop is still coming in. The crop is still getting harvested, but it doesn't look that good if you take a look at uh, pecan receipts. So, wow, there was a record crop last marketing year and this year it isn't looking as great. The last most recent pecan production report was in October. From my understanding, there is also usually one released in January. Why wasn't there one? Yeah, um, it's quite strange um, or quite difficult to estimate the crop, given that the last one was in October, which is you know almost six months ago. Um, and like you said, usually there's one in January. Uh, so as far as I understand it, um, normally the American Pecan Council, they, um, in collaboration with the USDA, they bring out this report in January, which is quite an in-depth one that includes production, the area planted, yields, um, and so on and so forth. So there were some controversies in the market with Mexican pecans being sold as American pecans. Um, and as far as I understand, the American Pecan Council lost like two-thirds of their funding. So that would be the reason why no report came out in January. Okay, so since the October report only gave estimates and the January report wasn't updated, you looked into pecan receipts instead to understand what the U.S. pecan market would look like. For those who don't know, receipts essentially are the pledge for producers to deliver agricultural products or to make payments subject to terms specified. Given this, receipts could be interpreted as crops delivered or crops to be delivered. So Theo, can you tell me what you extrapolated from these pecan receipts? Ah, okay, so the American Pecan Council, they still report or they still release a monthly report which shows um, pecan receipts and also pecan shipments. So from these receipts, um, it's kind of possible to 
make an estimate of what the crop would be in the end. So given that the, the crop estimate came out in October, October was just when the, the harvest started. It is what it is. It's an, an estimate. So it will be difficult for, for these estimates to be perfectly accurate. Now, as pecans gets received and the deliveries gets reported by the American Pecan Council, it gives a, a better indication of what's happening with pecans coming off the fields and coming into storage. So if we look at it in that way, so far this season, about 90 million pounds have been received. We said the crop estimate is about 260 million pounds. So that means about 36% of the October crop estimate already came in. So 36%, that, that seems pretty low given we're already halfway through the harvest. And also when we compare it to previous seasons, up to the end of December, already 46% of the crop has been received. So if we're standing on 36%, it means that where where's the rest of the pecans? Why isn't it coming in? Now, it could indicate basically two things. One is just that the, the crop is coming in slower than usual. But more likely, if, if it's so far below the normal, it could mean that actually there aren't that many pecans that actually production is lower. This is, I think most people are looking at receipts at the moment because of the last official crop estimate being out of date. And then the next estimate is only coming out in May. So the best indication at the moment of the crop would be the receipts. And like I said, the receipts are, are, are pretty low compared to where they should be at this stage of the year. I see. So receipts indicate that we're only standing at 36% which is a pretty low number considering that we're already halfway through the harvest. What do you suspect to be the possible reasons for this? I mean, why is pecan production lower this year compared to the last? So if we go back to the 2021 season, um, it was a record crop. So, you know, a really big crop. And most nuts are what we call alternate bearing so we talked about it in our previous podcast which means that one year you'll get a good crop and tree uses a lot of energy to produce these nuts it uses a lot of energy to give you a good yield and a good crop and at the same time it's actually also preparing for the next season so it kind of depletes a lot of the energy reserves that the nut has built up that the tree has built up so then in the next year you you get a lower crop. It's kind of manageable if the management practices are really good, fertilization, irrigation practices, and so on are good. You can kind of manage it so that the tree doesn't lose all the reserves and, and can actually give you quite a good crop in, in what would be an off year. Now, what happened in the U.S. is a lot of these trees are really old, especially in Georgia. I read somewhere that some of these trees are 25 years old and so on. The older variety trees are much more susceptible to being alternate bearing. So if the weather and everything isn't perfect and the tree had a very good year the previous year, then that means this year would be a pretty bad year. So that's typically what happened this year. Um, after the good crop last year, they used up a lot of their reserves and they couldn't produce as much this year, also with the weather not being perfect. And then also the newer trees do much better. They're not as, the alternate bearing part is not as pronounced 
as in the older trees. So the newer varieties were selected to, you know, constantly give a good crop. So these trees are doing well, but the older trees, which are in Georgia, which is the largest growing state in the US, many of these trees are really old. So they're alternate bearing and it would be what we would say it's an off year for the trees, you know, along with the weather that didn't play along. They just didn't perform as well this year. So what I'm hearing is that the factors that played into lower production are largely twofold. One, it was an off year for trees around 25 years old in Georgia, which is considered to be pretty old in pecan tree age. And two, the weather not being that great in the southern states, including Georgia and other pecan bearing states. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So pecans are grown over quite a large geographical region in the US. Unlike, let's say, for example, pistachios and almonds that most of them are just grown in California. For pecans, they're grown basically in all the southern states, all the way from the east in Florida, Georgia, to the west, to California. The area under pecans are much, much larger. So it's also more difficult to pinpoint exactly what's happening because the weather in one region could be different from another region. Also, like the dynamics in the market, you know, the age of the trees and so on. As far as I know, the trees in Georgia are much older. I don't think all of them are are 25 years old, but um, a lot of them are are, are older trees. And the older varieties just don't perform as well in an off year as the younger varieties. Like I said, the geographical area under pecans makes it much more difficult. And I think that's also one of the reasons that the crop estimate or the deliveries might have some discrepancies. Got you. So variability in the geographic production area, age, all these factors created discrepancies and made it more difficult to make accurate predictions. And towards the end of your analysis, you also wrote about a possible drop in ending stocks. Can you tell us what ending stocks are and how much stock is usually preserved? Yeah, of course. So if we go back to the October estimate, that's uh, 216 million pounds. And we take a look at the receipts that say only 36% have been received. Let's say this year is actually more like previous years, then it should be less than the 260 million pounds in October. So if we're just looking at historic data, it could be as low as 210 million pounds. So that means 50 million pounds is just wiped off because of lower production. If we have this lower production, then the US usually they import because they import a lot from Mexico. So a lot of pecans just cross the border from Mexico going to the US. The US actually also exports a lot of shelled pecans and then it gets deshelled in Mexico and the kernels gets imported back into the US. But usually imports are about a hundred million pounds. Now, Mexico also didn't have a fantastic year, so, you know, they might not apply as much as the U.S. would want. But the U.S. have imported from many other countries like South Africa, Australia, Argentina, and so on. So the crop will be supplemented by some imports, and the imports could top uh, 100 million pounds, maybe even more. But like I said, Mexico is also not looking great. Then exports have been increasing year on year, so exports could actually also increase this year despite the crop being lower now the reason for that is a lot of these pecans get sold even before they get harvested so that means traders already fix a contract to export these pecans and they get shipped out exports can't just drop because production drops these pecans are already committed so they will most likely still leave the u.s and exports might just be a little bit more than last year could be the same one or two percent higher but i don't see exports just 
dropping because production drops. The next one would be the domestic consumption. Now, like all nuts in the US, domestic consumption has been on the increase. I think it's quite a success story. You know, people are, are eating more and more nuts, almonds, pistachios, and we're also seeing this in pecans. Now, last year was actually, the domestic consumption was really big. It was almost 350 million pounds, which is quite a lot of that's being eaten that could drop a little bit this year i think it, it could be a little bit lower maybe just close to 300 million pounds but it's still a big number so it still takes a big chunk out of the supply now if we add all that it means we're going to be looking at with the current october estimate ending stocks could be about 160 million pounds and if we look at the receipts and we say, look, the, the production is going to be lower. Ending stocks could be as low as 110 million pounds. Now, what these numbers mean is, you know, if you're having ending stocks of 160 million pounds and the, the total demand is something like 420 million, that's only 28% of the demand that's left. So the stocks to use ratio is only 28%. And that is at the end of the marketing year, so before the next season's crop will come in. Now, usually for, for pecans, the ending stocks are, are managed quite well. It normally, it doesn't drop below 200 million pounds. So dropping to 150 million should be quite concerning. And then, like I said, there's 28% stocks to use ratio compared to the average in the past of 36%. So that's quite a low, a low number. And it means that ending stocks will be quite low at the end of the season which should be quite concerning because we don't know what's going to happen in the next year's crop so next year or basically at the end of this year in september when the new crop comes in we don't know what it's going to look like so traders handlers they prefer to keep big ending stocks so just in case something happens or demand picks up so that they are able to still sell their stock now if stock drops to this low number, you know, that means people are going to scramble to get pecans. Prices might go up. It might support pecan prices if stocks are low. So let's see if I got this right. On top of low production, with usual pecan volumes that come to the U.S. from South America also not looking that great, the stocks to use ratio is 8% lower than the average. And this lower stocks to yeast ratio usually means higher prices. And this is occurring in parallel with large pecan commitments already being made on top of high domestic consumption. Altogether, uncertainty in the amount of volumes that may remain and not knowing how much would be produced in the next year with absolute certainty these factors will all contribute to higher prices. That's exactly right. Yeah, so we we see production dropping. Production would be lower. And then, like you just mentioned, the demand side, it's, it's kind of fixed. You know, it's not as flexible that it can just drop in units and with production. So with demand being fixed, the only thing that can happen is ending stocks will probably drop. And, you know, if it, if it gets really low, if it gets to like 25% stocks to use ratio or even 20%, then it becomes tight at the end of the season and prices should find support from that. I see. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Bia. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, subscribe and share our podcast. Check out church.com slash intelligence data for more price analyses and up-to-date insights into the food and agricultural industry.